Welcome to A Brief Chat. I'm Jason Crane. Today is the 14th of August, 2020. Thanks so much for being here. You can find previous episodes of this show at abriefchat.com, and you can watch the show, if you're not already doing that, at abriefchat.com slash YouTube. And if you are watching, you'll notice that I'm trying a different angle this morning because I figure what's the point of having all these bookshelves if they can't be used as the backdrop to a YouTube series, which is... really the only reason anybody even builds bookshelves these days, as far as I can tell. Let's take a look back at this day in radical history via the Slingshot Collective Day Planner. You can get yours at slingshotcollective.org. This day in 1850, the Squatters Riots began in California. This day in 1935, FDR signed the Social Security Act. And in 1947, on this day, India became independent from Britain. Today is Friday. That means it's Poetry Fridays, and uh, you're still stuck with me for uh, at least this week while I am still working out with poets uh, how we're going to do the video portion of this. In fact, if we're going to do the video portion, and I think it might be kind of a a case-by-case basis thing where poets who are easily able to film themselves and get me the video will do that, and otherwise we'll put up a photo and you'll just hear the audio. So still working some of that out. However, I had an inspiration for this week because a couple days ago, somebody asked me, who's my favorite poet? Now, in one sense, that's a a question that's so large, you know, how can you even answer it? However, I have realized that in recent years, some of those your favorite thing questions, I do actually have an answer to. Like, what's your favorite album? Uh, Well, my favorite album is Running in the Family by Level 42. If you were to ask me, is Level 42 your favorite band? No, I don't think so. But if you were to ask me, what you know, what's the record that you go to more than any other? It's Running in the Family by Level 42. That is my favorite record. And for years and years, I've had kind of a split answer to who's your favorite poet, where generally speaking, in terms of all time, I tended to be kind of a Whitman guy. I think that's probably still pretty true. But in terms of poets um, of the modern era who, you know, are alive when I'm alive, uh, I tend to favor Albert Goldbarth as my favorite poet, who I think I discovered there was this awesome bookstore that may still be. Um, I, I'm a little fuzzy on whether it's still open or not, but it's a great bookstore in Albany called Dove and Hudson because that was the intersection that it was located at. And it had an amazing wall of poetry. It was a used bookstore, but it was a very uh, hand-picked selection of books. And they had this huge wall of poetry. And when I was really getting into seriously writing poetry in about 2008 and nine, I spent a lot of time at Dove and Hudson and I bought a lot of books of poetry there. And because they were relatively inexpensive, I was able to get a lot of books by poets. You know, I might not have been able to add to my collection if I had to pay 20 bucks a pop. Um, and to be totally honest, you know, going into a Barnes and Noble or wherever to find poetry is, I mean, it's one step up from useless, right? It's just Instagram poets and the two people, you know, that the Barnes and Noble buyers have ever heard of. So this place was a real paradise. I mean, I found so many poets who I don't think I would have otherwise been exposed to. And one of them was Albert Goldbarth. And I can't remember which of his books I purchased there at Devon Hudson, but it really just grabbed me right from the beginning. There was just something about his kind of straightforward and clear-eyed writing that I, I really, really loved. So I pulled uh, one of his books off the shelf. This one's from 2012. It's called Everyday People. Uh, it was a collection of, of new poems at that time. And um, I thought I would just read you the, uh, not the opening poem, because there's a little intro poem, but a poem called Everyday People that uh, essentially begins the main body 
of this collection. The oceans are dying. They require a hero, or a generation of heroes. The oceans are curdling in on themselves and on their constituent lives. They're rising here and lowering there. I swear I've heard them gasping. And my friends are brooding over who their kids are playing with on the streets, are coming home after a day where some mid-level management weasel sucked their souls out like a yolk from an egg right through a tiny puncture hole in the dome of the skull. The cat has worms. The price of gas is nearly what their grandparents' wedding rings cost. The oceans sorely need a paladin. But my friends are exhausted disputing how many angels can trample the truth from a $12 overcharge in a cell phone bill. Our privacy is disappearing. Cameras sip it up like thirsty beasts surrounding a shrinking pool of water. My friends are worried. Oh yes, certainly they're worried. But also the tumor and the marriage and the alcoholic uncle. The war that's this war, but is any war and all war, is requesting a little attention in the cause part. Maybe only slightly a little more in the effect part, but my friends know how impossible it is to attend to even a single other person sufficiently, plus the dentist, plus the eye exam, and that can't they spend some time renewing their sense of making beauty in this wreckage? Edie, her hummingbird feeders, Sean, his libretto, Omar, his amazing organic noodles. Something like Balenciaga, the haute couture designer whose life I'm reading compulsively, while the ice caps and the red tide and the polar bears... Balenciaga, for whom the business of making beautiful things absorbed him totally, and there was no room in his life for anything else. He did a piece of sewing every day of his adult life from the age of three. In 1913, age 18, he was learning the women's wear trade as the guns of the World War cleared their throats and aimed. And through the World Depression, a fishnet cloak of knotted white velvet and swaths of parachute silk to make pink and white flowers. And through the Spanish Civil War, regarded making dresses as a vocation, like the priesthood and an act of worship. Through, he bargained with Franco, World War II, Chantilly, Chenille, Mohair, Tulle, he took the sample of intractable material into his sanctum and returned in only moments with a superbly accomplished buttonhole. It would have been a half hour's labor for anyone else. A buttonhole while Israel was forged in 1948. A buttonhole for Sputnik. Yes, a buttonhole, a perfect consummate buttonhole. Is this a condemnation of my friends and so myself, or an exoneration? I truly don't know. Any more than I can tell if the boy in Rembrandt's etching Christ preaching circa 1652 is celebrated or ridiculed, or possibly, with a complicated fondness, both, for yielding to his innocent daydreams, lost in drawing figures in the dust on the floor. As only a few feet overhead, on an impromptu stage in inkily velvet blacks and the dramatically empty spaces that signify sun, the master holds forth with his parables, <clears throat> while a crowd of the commonplace, beggars and burghers, listen enwrapped. 220 years later, Adolf von Menzel paints departure of King Wilhelm I to his army on 31st July 1870. Here we see the fashionable and patriotically worked-up throng, waistcoated men and richly bustled women by the hundreds as they line that famous avenue of lime trees, gas lamps, wind-snapped flags, the Unter der Linden, to witness their king in his cavalcade, off to join the troops at age 73 in defending their nation against the French. They look at him, these members of a time and place, as if they form a single compound eye except for the paper boy with the day's news over an arm. He has eyes solely for a friendly dog on the pavement. 
Someone has to sell the Berlinche Nachrichten. Maybe it's the Berlinche Zeitung. Someone needs to carve this personal moment out of that heavy communal block of pomp, accomplishment, and, soon at the battlefront, butchery. This crowd, do they disperse, go home, and that night dream my dream of friends? It comes to me so often these days. My friends who are busily sorting the glass from the plastic for the recycling cart. My friends, the oil change and tune-up, the interview, the team to cheer, the argument and the apology. And some of them, the intricate and cheesy psychological architecture, like the windmill-strewn and dragon-populated putt-putt golf course, of denial of the need for an apology. My friends, the email list on carbon footprints, and a tad of porn. With guilt, with beer, with in-laws, with the lawn, with the tuition, with their low-cal and their high-tech and deluxe, I see them gathered and then falling down a long and floating drop, not through the astronomer's darling black hole, not through Alice's Wonderland rabbit hole, but falling through a buttonhole into the lives of everyday people. That's a poem called Everyday People from the book of the same name by Albert Goldbarth. Uh, you could really, well, if you can go into a bookstore and there's a selection of Albert Goldbarth books, you can just pick one randomly off the shelf and they'll all be amazing. Um, but this one is particularly wonderful. I wrote a letter years ago to Albert Goldbarth just telling him how much I loved his work, and he writing to him was the only way to contact him, um, at least at that time, and my guess is it's probably still true now, because this wasn't that long ago, maybe seven or eight years ago. Uh, he didn't do email or anything like that, and he wrote me back a letter um, you know, to say thank you, and in the letter he included all these stickers like you would give a child for uh, good grades on an exam paper, like, you know, a little star with you did it or, you know, a little rocket ship or something like that. We're just like randomly inserted in this letter he sent me, which I just thought was kind of wonderful and, and magical. So um, thanks so much for listening or watching. Uh, thank you. Also, if you have become a member, uh, I really appreciate you. And if you haven't yet become a member, there's still plenty of time like for as long as I'm making this podcast, you can go to a brief right now and click on support the show to become a member. It's not very expensive and it makes a huge difference in my life. So thank you very much. Really glad you watched today. Please do tell a friend, share this. If you wouldn't mind, it would really help me a lot. I love you. A better world is possible, but we have a lot of work to do and poetry helps. Please.